Hi everyone, welcome to the Sunnygo One Piece podcast, and this will mark our very first official rewatch episode with a rewatch of the first three episodes of One Piece, and this will correlate to manga chapters two through seven. And so the structure of this episode will go through the synopsis, and then I'll move into some of the differences between the anime and the manga. Then I'll give some of my overall thoughts on the episode, and then finally, just some overall themes. Now, not every episode is gonna have like these deep dive into the themes because some episodes are really just you know connective tissue, really.、Um, but when they do, I'll I'll include them. And then at the very end, if you want to stay for spoilers, so I'll talk about a couple things. And that are really spoilery, because I wanted to talk about how things early on are connected to things that are happening much, much later in the series. And so, yeah, without wasting any time, let's just dive right in. So I'm gonna start off with the synopsis of these three episodes, done by yours truly. So here we are at the beginning when we are introduced to our protagonist, Monkey D. Luffy, as he's. Found stuck in a barrel, washed up and found by Kobe, a young slave boy to a terrible pirate, the feared Iron Club Alvida. Luffy and Kobe both then proceed to defeat and escape Alvida and make their way to an island called Shellstown, which is currently under the oppression of its tyrannical leader, Captain Morgan of the Marines. There they meet the infamous pirate hunter Roronor Zoro, and they team up with him to defeat Captain Morgan and free the. Town and thereby giving control back to the well-intentioned members of the Marines. Finally, we see Zoro get recruited as Luffy's first official crew member, and Kobe remains on the island to fulfill his dream of becoming a Marine officer to protect and serve innocent people around the world. So yeah, that's kind of the first three episodes in a nutshell. So the first thing I want to do is go over some of the. Differences between the anime and the manga. So the first few episodes are actually pretty interesting because there are quite a few differences between the two. I'm not going to go through every single minute detail, but I did want to highlight a few of the major ones. And these first few episodes do have quite a bit of them. So one of the big things is in the manga we actually get to see Luffy actually get sucked into a whirlpool, and he's originally on a little dinghy boat, and <laughs> he has to hide in a Barrel to avoid being sucked into a whirlpool, and interestingly enough, we never actually get to see this in the manga or the anime at all.、Um, he's just already in the barrel when he's discovered. And also, the other big change is the setting of the first、uh, episode. So the whole Alvida section actually takes place on an island.、Um, I don't know if we ever get to learn the name of this island, but in the anime, obviously, it takes place during、uh, her raid on some sort of a luxury cruise liner. And And this entire portion is actually much much shorter in the manga, but it's extended to fit an entire episode in the anime. Of course, the biggest change structurally to these few, first few episodes is the omission of both character flashbacks for Luffy and Zoro. Now it is a little disappointing that these don't show up till a little bit later because it kind of removes some of the emotional core and the character motivations. But I get why they did that, and my guess is that many of these changes were made to increase the pacing and action of the anime. It makes sense they didn't want to interrupt the action and the story and just keep it moving, as well as to be a better representation of what the series as a whole will be like for people coming into the series for the first time. And it allows them to get a better sense of what the rest of the series. 
is as a whole. Because if you dedicate the entire first episode to the flashback, it's not quite indicative of what a normal episode or what the story is going to be like. So I get why they didn't start with the flashbacks nor include the flashback in what would have been the third episode. One thing that gets lost by not having Luffy's backstory flashback that I feel is important is an actual explanation of what a devil fruit is and also what Luffy's gum gum no mi or the gum gum fruit is but they kind of skirt around this by giving a quick mention from Alavida when she first encounters Luffy's abilities and also I mean, Luffy's abilities are pretty self-explanatory, but yeah, the devil fruits aren't necessarily described like they are in the flashback, so you kind of lose that, and you don't really understand where Luffy's powers come from. But in the manga, if you read it in that order, you do understand what his powers are. And the devil's fruits are pretty interesting, too. They're often named, at least their Japanese names, are usually these two-syllable words repeated, and often they're based on the thing itself, so gomu in this sense is rubber in Japanese so you just repeat gomu gomu and then no mi mi is fruit and a lot of other times the names are not necessarily the object itself uh, but the it's an onomatopoeia a Japanese onomatopoeia and we'll see that further in the series when we start encountering some more um, devil fruits another big change that I thought was kind of weird but I guess kind of makes sense is that, and, and it doesn't really have a big impact in the story, but the fact that Nami is present throughout all three of these episodes, even though she doesn't interact with the main story or the main characters, she's kind of just there in the background. Uh, I presumably, again, this is just to get the early audiences to be familiarized with more aspects of the, the main story and the rest of the series. And so to have one of the female leads present from the start is probably what they wanted to, to kind of get across that yeah there there are a female main characters as well but yeah nami in the manga actually doesn't make her official in- intro until they get to the next island in orange town which will be in the anime it would be in the fifth episode so yeah that's kind of the the differences between the anime and the manga nothing too big you know one piece's anime adaptation stays rather faithful to the manga uh for the most part you know They do change up a few things, but they're pretty good about it. So yeah, now kind of moving into my overall thoughts of these three episodes. I think these three episodes are actually a great start. They're fun and action-packed with already some great and iconic moments that really set the tone for this series incredibly well. It does suck to not get to see those um, backstories for the two main characters, but it does keep the story going. I admit that it it flows better and, and seems like a better constructed story, to be honest, because it's these first three episodes basically are a mini arc, you know? So starting from the very first episode, this episode is is hilarious. Just every interaction with Luffy and Kobe is just gold, especially their first interaction. I will never not laugh at the line. On top of that, you're also a coward. Man, I really hate you. Especially the way he says it in Japanese. It's just like, oh my, kirai na na. <laughs> And the way he just laughs as as he says it, it's just the way Luffy says that with such sincerity and a smile makes it even funnier because he's not necessarily saying it from a place of, I guess, malice. He's just sort of pointing out 
his true like first opinions of Kobe. Despite how comedic and ridiculous that scene is, it's also a really important and impactful moment. I remember to this day very well like how this whole entire scene affected me because I was Kobe. I mean, I'm sure we've all been Kobe at some point. And even to this day, occasionally, I find myself talking about myself and my goals and ambitions like Kobe, believing that things are impossible. But then I'm often reminded of those words Luffy says to Kobe about the impossibility of becoming the Pirate King and his quote about, it's not about whether I can do it or not. I'm going to do it because it's what I want. Now, I don't know if that's the direct translation, but that's what I remember. And to this day, I think back on this scene and I repeat those words to myself whenever I'm faced with a challenge or a goal that seems insurmountable. Obviously, I say these in the Japanese words, but same, same deal. And yeah, I just find this scene very inspiring too at the same time. And it's so cathartic to see that Kobe finally gathers the courage to stand up for himself. And this is something I noticed, and I'll talk about in the spoilers about this moment. I hadn't realized until much later um, kind of the implications of this scene. And therein lies one of the biggest strengths of this series is right there, the ability to flip-flop between gut-busting comedy, exciting action, and then also these hard-hitting emotional beats all in the same scene. Like you have this scene where Luffy is just clowning around with Kobe and kind of making fun of him and then you have that that deep moment where kobe is sort of has this like introspective moment and then you jump to the the action scene when alvita finds them and starts to attack them and then you have that again that same type of moment where kobe really digs down deep and then stands up to alvita and it proclaims that she she's an ugly I forgot what he says in English, but in Japanese, it's like, Ichiban desu! And it just goes up into this high pitch. It's so funny. And I also love the fact that he still adds the desu, which is like kind of a polite a suffix that you add. And so, he, so he's still making fun of her and insulting her, yet doing it in a polite uh, grammar, which is really funny as well. But it's kind of very fitting of Kobe. Once we get to the the next episode and we're at Shellstown, we're introduced to Zoro. And Zoro here is introduced in the most epic way. And he never stops being cool. And full disclosure, Zoro is my favorite character, as is a lot of people's. And he's also the first example of the wacky and creative combat style that will go on to be a staple of the series. You know, by future standards, Zoro's three sword style is pretty tame. But back then, it was weird, and I certainly hadn't seen anything like it. My friends and I would joke, like, how strong are his teeth? And I remember in one of the SBS Q&A question se- uh, sections in the manga, it's revealed the reason Zoro can speak clearly with the sword stuck in his mouth is because he's a talented ventriloquist, <laughs> which is absurd. So it's kind of cool that Oda actually took the time to answer a fan question for something as insignificant as why Zoro can talk with a sword stuck in his mouth. This obviously marks the beginning of a partnership that fits so well together. And to this day, I love seeing Zoro and Luffy together on the battlefield or in any, gen- you know, anywhere generally. That combination is just so awesome. There's just something about the wacky Luffy and sort of the more straight-laced Zoro which is really fun to see. I mean, Zoro is also pretty comedic in his own right, but he's very different from Luffy, and they balance each other and complement each other really well. 
I also want to talk about the villains of this mini arc Captain Morgan and his son Helmepo. Morgan, like Alvida before, is a very simple villain. He serves the purpose of being a foil to our heroes. His motivation is simple and he seems to be bad for the sake of just being bad and corrupt. And he just attacks anyone who doesn't agree with him with his giant axe hand. So he's not all that like interesting or complex, unlike some of the future villains. But I do want to mention his son, Helmepo, who is a lot more interesting because you clearly see that, yes, he is a dick and he's heading down the same path as his father as he's being raised by him, but he's not quite there yet. And one distinct moment of this is when Morgan orders his men to go back into town to finish off and kill Rika for trespassing and feeding Zoro. But Helmepo, while... He was earlier willing to toss her out and possibly injure her. He was nowhere near willing to kill her. And it's also the first time we see him question his father in the episode about whether that's going too far, which I found very interesting for his character that he's not as far gone as Morgan and could possibly even change. I think these first few episodes are really great because you don't really know anything about what the heroes are capable of yet. And so there's still a lot of tension and not knowing how they're going to get out of a tough spot like like the scene where Zoro is tied up and Kobe is trying to untie him while Morgan fires on them it's it's still pretty exciting and really awesome to have that tension build up and then when Luffy just comes crashing down and taking all the bullets and bouncing them back it's still a really triumphant moment even having seen that scene multiple times I still really enjoy that and then lastly I want to mention the touching moment of Luffy helping Kobe get admitted into the Marines. You know, there's that scene in the the tavern at the very end where the Marines are kind of hesitant to let Kobe in because of his connection to pirates. But then Luffy just immediately knows what to do and just starts punching Kobe to make it seem like they're not friends. And it just again reminds Kobe of just how weak he is but also the fact that he needs to start standing up for himself and Luffy kind of helped him out one last time but from here on out Kobe's gonna do it himself and I love seeing that growth in him like even just within three episodes we have this like minor character go through this like incredibly tremendous character arc and I personally love Kobe and this farewell is a really standout moment to me because I love the fact that the other Marines join in and salute them to see them off, but also kind of punishing themselves by taking away meal meal uh, for the next, like, what, five days or something like that? But it's it's really cool to see how Luffy affects anybody, really, the Marines, the townsfolk, and other pirates. And I have a feeling this isn't the last time we'll see Kobe, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then this really doesn't fit anywhere, but I just had to mention it. One of the funniest jokes, I think, in this whole episode, or at least the very... Uh, the third episode i think it is or maybe it's the second one but luffy is going up into the tower to look for zoro's swords <laughs> and he, he does his gomu gomu rocket up to this up to the roof and grabs onto the statue that they're trying to raise of morgan <laughs> he knocks it over and everybody's just stunned and luffy just like looks over at captain morgan and just casually says gomu nasai it's just like i'm sorry just so casually and the the way he says it has always just killed me now i kind of wanted to touch on some of the themes presented in this episode because 
already early on in the very beginning, Oda kind of instills us with this idea uh, that titles and labels don't really decide who is good and who is bad. As well as good and bad are much more fluid in the world of, of the pirates in One Piece. It also gets us primed for the fact that Luffy and the rest of the main cast aren't necessarily these virtuous altruistic heroes we often see in many other comic books and stories. While they are inherently good and well-meaning, the series doesn't pretend that Luffy is like Superman or Captain America who are these like incredibly selfless and altruistic people. Luffy can be stupid, selfish, and brash even if much of the time it's well-meaning. As a series, goes on it gets us to see that people aren't all good or all bad but lie somewhere in between and that it pushes us to think more critically about people and even the story and themes itself it's easy to try and apply these i guess themes and morals and values of one piece to real life but it's a bit more nuanced than that in real life you know you can't just take these sort of good and bad ideas and just apply them to your real life you have to look at it more closely to pick out the important or applicable lessons that can be gleaned and fit them into your daily life. And I'll go more into this in future episodes when these particular moments or themes pop up again. But these first few episodes start to lay the groundwork to view the rest of the series with this sort of critical mindset. It does this by showing that us that even though the status quo is that Marines equal good, pirates equal bad, which is our normal conception of, of what these two groups should mean in uh, based on our perception. But there are bad Marines like Captain Morgan and good ones like his subordinates and Kobe. And there are good pirates like Luffy as well as bad ones like Alvida. And these early examples prepare us to judge everything not by the, their surface level traits, but to look closer at everything to come. Zoro's reputation is also another piece of this that contributes to this theme in that he's viewed as this ruthless bounty hunter and we're introduced to him strung up looking like a criminal. We obviously come to find out that that's not really who Zoro is and we're shown that while Zoro looks intimidating, he's actually a kind and good person. And this is displayed really well by him wanting to eat the smashed up and dirt covered rice balls that Rika makes um, just out of gratitude towards her. This is then reinforced as we are then told Zoro defended the tavern and the owner's daughter from Helmeppo's dog and sacrificed his freedom for them. And so he then agrees to be strung up for one month without any food or water. And if he survives, he'll be let go. But again, his label of a pirate hunter is seen as this bad thing, but Zoro at heart is a good person. But the people of One Piece hear that label, you know, Kaizugari or pirate hunter, and automatically assume he's an evil, ruthless killer, but that's far from the truth. The funny thing is, this can kind of go in the opposite direction on a meta level too, with Luffy himself, as he's not 100% good, even though he is the protagonist and the hero of our story. He is by nature, he has good intentions, but he's incredibly naive and selfish. And that can be seen in these episodes where he essentially mocks Kobe for a bit and almost kind of bullies him. And also he kind of makes Zoro join the crew in spite of his initial rejection of the offer. And you can kind of take that as him forcing Zoro. Obviously Zoro joins of his own accord, but he is kind of annoying about it. And Luffy, I mean. So yeah, it just kind of really sets you up to to view the series 
from that lens. And it becomes more and more important later on in the series when the world expands and the characters get more complex and there are more characters and more factions. But yeah, that's our first rewatch of episodes one through three and the start of our One Piece podcast series. These first few episodes were pretty well-paced introduction to the world of One Piece that actually completes a a mini arc and introduces us to our first two Straw Hat crew members. And yeah, super great. I really enjoyed it. It's a pretty good start to, to the series. And while I wouldn't say I was completely hooked by this point yet, that moment will happen for me later in the next episodes. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And I honestly can't wait to go through more episodes. And when we get to some of the really amazing parts, I really can't wait for that. Before we go to a couple spoiler discussion points, I just wanted to say, you know, again, I know there are way too many podcasts out there in the world right now, but I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to this one. And if you enjoyed this, send me a like or comment. And if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, consider subscribing. That would be really awesome and I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. And... If you don't want to stay for the spoilers, I will see you on the next episode. So yeah, just a couple of spoiler things. Um, so where I'm coming from, you will pretty much have to have... I, I'm pretty much caught up to the towards the third act of the Wano arc. So it's kind of give you a sense of where the spoilers will be. So Luffy, it's interesting because Luffy essentially teaches Kobe one of his greatest abilities that ability to gain people's respect and motivate others to join and help them which is what we hear mihawk explicitly mention at the at the um the war at marineford and he he specifically mentions that luffy's scariest trait is this the ability to sort of get people to to join his cause and he actually teaches kobe how to fight for himself which compels luffy himself to want to help kobe and this is actually, again, seen with um, with Helmeppo and Garp wanting to help Kobe. You know, Kobe's sort of determination and um, his ability to want to help and stand up for himself and, and other people really kind of bring Helmeppo to be the good guy as well as Garp wanting to train them both. And so I find that interesting that Kobe is sort of following in Luffy's footsteps and Luffy essentially handed him one of the greatest skills he has to Kobe. I think one of the first times I realized how surprising and interconnected things were going to be when was when Kobe, Helmeppo, and Albida all come back in major ways. Especially when I saw Albida return, it was a real surprise just due to the fact that to me she just seemed like a one-off villain of the week type person to sort of start the story. And I had no idea she was going to return. So to see her return, I honestly couldn't cut anyone out and even though I try to look for hints, to this day, Oda constantly shocks me with who returns and when. It's not just a handful of times. It's like over 30 times at this point that he's just caught me completely off guard with some character coming back. Or, <laughs> I don't know, I might just be really bad at reading signs. But yeah, that's it for the spoiler section. Uh, not too not too many big things, but just kind of wanted to mention those. But yeah, again, thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.